Blog Talk Radio. And there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahweh. And the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High. And he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Masha. And Masha grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Mizraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horeb, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt, and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? The scriptures declare that Elohim said, Ahia, Ashar, Ahia. Meaning I am that I am, I will be who I will be. He said moreover to him, Thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord. And from that time, many false names for our Creator have gone out into the world. Following us into these last days, and creating a controversy among the nations. Our Heavenly Father who desires that his elect be not ignorant of his name, nor that we should be moved by the signs of the times, but that we should be steadfast in the truth, not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh, while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light. Who would not have his people to walk in darkness. For I declare that we are the children of light. For he has revealed through the Ruach. Take the original vowel sounds A and U which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages 
and applied them to the four Hebrew letters, yod Hey, wah Hey, and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia, and echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas, rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds and races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Declare his name in Zambia, Tanzania. Let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. Let the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble and sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might ring from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande. Let his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to feel Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condors, that his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth and lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He has subdued the nations. He has crowned the sun. Let everything that has breath sing praises to his name. Let everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise, we will all lift up together with one voice, magnify the name, of Yahuwah forever. Shabbat Shalom, everyone, and welcome to Talk, Teach, and Tithra Radio. This is where we speak the unadulterated and the uncompromising word of truth. My name is Abeyahu or Obadiah. I'm just a humble servant of our Creator, our Master, and our Heavenly Father, whose name is Yahweh. I speak to you in the name of Yahusha Hamashiach, who is our elder brother, our eternal high priest, and our sovereign king. On today's show, we're going to do part two of understanding how Torah was strengthened rather than weakened or 
got rid of through the renewed covenant, which we call in the Hebrew the Brit Hakadashah. Okay, so when you speak about the renewed covenant through Yahusha Hamashiach, you speak about the Brit Hakadashah, not the New Testament. It's a play on words that the Roman Catholic Church have done because with a testament, um, will and testament that pertains to someone who was dead, but a renewed covenant is done with both parties being alive and well. So um, that is what we're going to be discussing on today. I'll go over what we discussed on yesterday, and then we will go straight into part two on today. Uh, This teaching is brought to you by the Bullock Family Foundation out in Arizona, the Palmer Family Foundation out in California, the Jones Family Foundation in Nevada, and by SALT, the acronym for Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth. Understanding how Torah was strengthened through the Brit HaKadashah on today, Saturday, April 18th, 2020, according to the man-made Jesuit Roman Catholic Church Gregorian calendar. It is the 29th day of the first Kodash. So for those of you who are keeping your Shabbat today, traditionally and through the timetable of Yahweh, I say unto you, in Ahab and Ahaba, Shalom and Shabbat Shalom. All righty. Let's get into it. I just have a couple of announcements to get out to you. We will do part three of understanding how Torah was stripped through the renewed covenant on tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. If you are on the West Coast, it will start at 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you are willing to join us with our Zoom teachings, a couple of people have been emailing me pertaining to the Zoom teachings. Our uh, Zoom discussions will be today and tomorrow at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, We're going to be discussing the abomination of desolation, and if you have questions pertaining to our lesson on today, tomorrow, and on yesterday, you could bring those particular thoughts to our discussion. We do not argue with the word. We do not debate. When it comes to the word of Yahweh, we sit down and we uh, sharpen one another's arm for iron sharpens arm, and uh, we are to study like the Bereans. We are to, uh, when it comes to the word, we're supposed to study the word precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. So uh, for those of you who would like extensive teaching of the debater of Yahweh, the word of Yahweh, uh, you want to sit down with us and uh, speak live, and there's live illustrations that I will show you. We have our Zoom meetings. Email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and you'll be able to listen in and watch the instruction. Talk, teach, testify at gmail.com. That is the particular email address 
if you like an invite to today's um, uh, Zoom discussion about the abomination of desolation and other particular questions, if you have any. All right. I, I love the Zoom discussions. They get us to come together, and we break down the word, and we have a little scriptural study, um, if you will. I don't like to use the term Bible study, but we sit down and we have scriptural study uh, pertaining to the Father's Word, uh, going through the scrolls and reading them and understanding them in Ruach and in the Met, in spirit and in truth. All right, let's go over what we discussed yesterday. Yesterday was a very good study. Hallelujah. So we're going to uh, start with what we discussed on yesterday, and then we will go straight into today's instruction. Just to give you a brief review, if you'd like to hear the entire teaching or the recording of the radio show, you can simply go to www.blogtalkradio.com. Or just Google up Talk, Teach, and Test My Radio. I do have a Facebook page as well as a Twitter page. Uh, if you want to turn the particular teaching into an MP3 format, uh, just Google up Talk, Teach, and Test My Radio, and you'll be able to see the different podcasts that you can select, uh, especially, uh, I believe there's one called iHeart, if you have like an iPhone, an iPad. Uh, I believe there's also Pod Paradise, and there are a couple of more podcast options to choose from. On yesterday, we broke down the particular uh, term for traditions of man. Uh, we, we broke that down because a lot of people have the misconception of what Yahusha meant when it comes to traditions of man. A lot of people like to say that the traditions overrides the word of Yahweh, and we know that's not true. Uh, when it comes to Torah, Torah, uh, and I like to break this down, Torah contains law, but the law is not Torah. Uh, Yahweh have particular things that applies to everyone. Um, you have the fact that when it comes to the DNA of a righteous person, whether it's a righteous man or a righteous woman, the first thing that must take place is that they must believe the amunia, the absolute belief that Yahuwah is who he is and that you also believe who his only begotten son is when it comes to Yahusha. Then you are giving, you're given the spiritual intent of what the instructions in the teachings of Yahuwah is. That's Torah. Torah is the DNA for righteousness. Uh, Torah is the DNA of your very existence. Torah if you are in the kingdom of Yahweh, if you are part of the nation of Yahshariel, number one, Torah is jurisdictional. It only applies to his people. 
who keeps it and who believes it. You are granted mercy, favor. You know the term the Christians like to use, grace. Oh, is grace is sufficient. It's only sufficient if you are trying your best to keep Torah. Here's the evidence. Your main focus is to love Yahuwah, and you should be delighted to do his will. Tahalim, Psalms 40. Verse 8, listen to this version. I like this one. From the contemporary English version, I'd like to do your will, my Elohim, and your instruction is deep within me. That That is powerful. The Torah, the instructions and the teachings of Yahweh should seep through your pores as you walk on this particular planet, becoming a pilgrim and a stranger, if you will, preparing yourself for the kingdom of Shamahim. Psalms 40 and 8, you probably have read it in the King James Version, I delight to do your will, O my Elohim, yea, your Torah is within my heart. That is how you do the will of our Heavenly Father. And that's what makes it jurisdictional when it comes to you. Uh, the particular commandments, the Ten Commandments, that is still in effect to this day. There are moral laws that Yahuwah gave. He had to teach morals unto his people. You couldn't just you know, run around in, in complete havoc and chaos and confusion, for Elohim is not the author of such. There are particular ways to prepare your food, you are what you eat, when you talk about what they call the dietary Torah or the food Torah. And people wonder why they have a very high case of cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera, because of the processed meats that they eat. What about the ordained feast or the, we call it the Moedim, the appointed times that Yahuwah told us to do in Leviticus chapter 23, the book of Uyaikra? Well, we read in Isaiah, Yashayahu, chapter 24, the reason why Yahuwah is going to make this earth desolate. If you read in verse number 5 of Isaiah chapter 24, Yasha Yahu, it says the earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. Because they have what? Transgressed Torah. They have got rid of the Torah of Yahuwah. These Christian churches continue to teach that, quote-unquote, the law is done away with. You should already know that they don't even understand what they are saying, just like they don't know who they worship. They have transgressed Torah. They have got rid of such particular uh, things as uh, the Ten Commandments. Yahuwah told us one of the Ten Commandments that he gave to his children was that we should not do away with his name or make his name worthless. Uh, the particular term there is Shua, which means to make it in vain. In the King James Version, 
6,823 times it was done. In the book of Deuteronomy, we read this yesterday, Deuteronomy chapter 4, it says in verse 2, we not ought to add nor diminish from the word of Yahweh. And you see people, even those who claim to be in the knowledge of the truth, those who are quote-unquote Messianic Jews, Hebrew Israelites, or even when it comes to our very own Nazarene, they have been adding and taking away from the word of Yahweh. When his word is plain and simple, it needs no introduction. It needs no improvement. For his word is truth. You've read in it, Tahalim, Psalms 119, verse 142. And so, number one, this earth will become desolate because they have transgressed his Torah. Number two, he's going to make this earth desolate because they have changed the ordinances. They have got rid of his appointed feast and substituted it for these uh, Christo-pagan holidays. You know, the one that they just did last week, they probably did it in the parking lot of their churches, such as Ashtar, I'm sorry, Easter, uh, Christmas, St. Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, that came from the Roman Catholic Church. And so did Halloween, which used to be called All Hallows Day. So they have replaced the appointed times of our Heavenly Father with these worthless traditions. So it wasn't just the Pharisees that was just doing traditions. People still do it today. And when I say traditions, I'm talking about pagan traditions. Number three, they broke the everlasting covenant. What is that? Uh, the perpetual or the Ulam in the Hebrew, the Ulam Brit, the everlasting covenant, is the Shabbat. Have you ever heard someone in Christianity, for instance, who stated that, I, I don't, I mean, my Shabbat is on Sunday. I don't know about you. You can keep yours on Saturday. Or I heard you say you keep yours according to the Father's timetable, but I keep mine on Sunday. The spiritual intent of that is why do you have to keep it on Sunday? Number one, the way that I look at man's calendar, Sunday is the first day of the week. So why are you keeping it on Sunday? Not understanding that the Roman Catholic Church instituted that. They have said it themselves as late as 1896 that we have got rid of the Shabbat and replaced it with Sunday, which symbolizes Sit of sun worship And people Don't want to discuss that But they hold on more to their traditions And most of people That do traditions Don't even understand Once again Why they do the traditions Let's go over What we discussed yesterday we looked at Mark chapter 7. The Pharisees, quote, unquote, was trying to scold the Tamidim of Yahusha. Mark chapter 7, verse 1, then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes, which came from Jerusalem. 
And when they saw some of his tamidim, his disciples, eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashed hands, they found fault. But the Pharisees and all the Yahudim, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the traditions of the elders. You see that? Keep that in mind. Not because it was sanitary, but because they were holding the traditions of the elders. The elders, which brought that particular tradition from Babylonia. For those of you, and we're going to talk about this again on today, about the Taganots. The Taganots were traditions or added instructions done by man, and they mixed it in with Torah. And when you think about the Talmud, those were instructions given by the elders when they came from Babylon and while they were in Babylon. There are two types of Talmud, the Babylonian one, and the Jerusalem one. So here it is. The Pharisees is trying to hold the disciples accountable for the traditions of the elders. Verse 4 says, And when they came from the market, unless they washed, they eat not, and many other things there be, which they received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots, braids and vessels, and of tables. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why walk not your tamidim according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said unto them, Well, have Yahshayahu prophesied of you hypocrites? And as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Uh, for those of you that want to know what that particular passage is at, I believe it's in Yahshayahu or Isaiah chapter 29. How be it in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of Elohim, you hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. And he said it to them. For well, you reject the commandment of Elohim, that you may keep your own tradition. Many people bash um, on social media the Christian that wants to keep their traditions, you know, communion, baptism, uh, the holidays, the hooping and the hollering in the church, right? Traditions. But there are people within our Nazarene community who keeps traditions as well that counterattack Yahuwah's Torah. Um, people have been keeping Peshach, right? The cedar meal. That alone is tradition that came from the European Jews when it comes to cedar meal. Yahusha did not have a cedar meal with his when you think about the cedar meal, they leave a seat open for Elijah because he's supposed to be coming back, and they're supposed to hold a seat for him. The Jewish people were the ones that invented that, quote, unquote, that tradition. And so these traditions carry on and on. 
Let's look at Meriahu. Let's start with Matthew, chapter number 7, for today's discussion. Verse 21, Not everyone that says unto me, Master, Master, shall enter to the kingdom of Shamahim, but he that does the will of Ma'ab, which is in Shamahim. Do you remember what the will was? The will is in Tahalim, Psalms 40 and 8. I delight to do your will, O my Elohim. Yea, your Torah is within my heart, or your instructions are deep within me. He that does the will of my Father, which is in Shamahim. Many will say to me in that day, Master, Master, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name have cast out devils, and in your name have done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. The Hebrew word for new is yada, which is an intimate moment. I've never been intimate with you. We've never been close. The closer you think that you are to me, the further that you really are. Depart from me. You and you can highlight this, and this is what I try to explain to many people who tries to bring the scriptures or the renewed covenant into mind, you that work iniquity. What is iniquity? Lawlessness, wickedness. You that does unrighteousness. You that practice what they call illegality or Simply put, one who transgresses Torah or violates Torah. I've heard a person use this term, one who walks around Torahlessness, who practices or they are just entrenched being Torahless. Let's continue on. So when we talk about the Taganots, and th these are also some things that uh, the Apostle Paul, or the emissary who we know as Shu'ul, was against. Remember, he was a Pharisee himself. So he knew the Taganots. He knew that there were two powerful legal tools. within the halak system that was given to, quote, unquote, these rabbis. Number one, we went over yesterday, the positive legislation, which were practices instituted as laws by, quote, unquote, they would call them rabbis. Now, for those of you who have read and said, now wait a minute, did he say not to call anybody rabbi? So why are there particular people who call themselves rabbis? Well, if people do with the word rabbi, it means one who is great or the great one. So when you read that verse pertaining to the rabbi, that is exactly 
with Yahusha and say, do not call anyone great. Be ye not, or he says, but be you not called rabbi, for one is your master, and all of you are brethren. Okay? So, when you look at the Tagonites, you have the positive legislation and the preventive. These particular, or this legislation, was intended to prevent violations of the commandments of Torah. A man was trying to put up, if you will, uh, these particular fences and um, roadblocks to prevent you from breaking commandments of Yahweh, but they only, they did more hurt than, um, you know, more harm than good. Okay. That's that's just going over a couple of the points. Let's go more into how the Torah was strengthened. A very key verse I like to go through is the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 19. Let's start there. Let's start with verse 16, because we have a particular situation. The young rich ruler asks a very important question to Hamashiach. In verse 16 of Matthew or Matthew chapter 19, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto me, why do you call me good? There is none good but one. That is Elohim. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Okay, this is what I don't get here, how pastors try to say that even the commandments are done away with. When here it is, quote, unquote, the Messiah stated if you want to enter into eternal life, you have to keep the commandments. That's part of the prerequisite, right, for entering the kingdom. How or why do you keep the commandments is the question. Do you keep the commandments just because it's written? As a child, you were just told to just do what your parents tell you to do. Some of them don't tell you or teach you the why. You keep the commandments or you do the works of Torah, that is what is called the works, because of your amunia, your absolute belief. And because you believe, you keep Torah. It's not the other way around. You don't get to keep Torah only and think you're going to enter into the kingdom. That's been taught as well in some circles. You are to have the absolute belief, the witness, is the Ruach HaKodesh, the set-apart spirit, and then the Ruach will have you to do Torah. Please read the book of Ezekiel. Please read the book of Yeramiah, the book of Jeremiah, where it says, my Ruach 
will have you to do the commandments and my judgments and my ordinances. Hallelujah. Okay? So, Yahusha number one says, Why do you call me good? For there is none good but one. That's Elohim. Well, that kills the Trinitarian doctrine, right? Because if he was the Father and the Spirit, why didn't he just say, well, well, thank you very much for calling me good. But he says that Elohim is good. Listen to verse 18. He said unto me, which one? Yahusha answered, you shall not do no murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor their Ab and your Emma, honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Okay? So, keeping the commandments of Yahweh, which is done through absolute belief, okay, through the Mashiach, Yahusha, you are granted eternal life, okay? Now, here is a very good, powerful way of seeing how people are immature when it comes to their judgment, when it comes to Torah. Let's look at Yeku for one minute. Let's look at James, the book of James. Let's look at chapter 1. I love verse number 1, Yeku, a servant of Elohim, and of the sovereign king Yahushua HaMashiach, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. I love that part. That I mean, just that first verse right there does something to me when it talks about how the 12 tribes are coming together. But let's look at a very key verse. Let's start with verse 19. Yacob, James chapter 1, verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brother, let every man... Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of Elohim. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Uh-oh, let's, let's, let's go back over that. Get rid of all the filthiness and the vulgarity and the obvious evil when it comes to naughtiness and receive with meekness, receive with true humility, the engrafted word. Somebody is saying, well, what is the engrafted word? The engrafted word, which was written on the stones, right? When you talk about the Ten Commandments, the Torah that is written on your heart. And when Yahuwah writes those things on that heart of flesh, after he gives you a heart transplant, 
then, hallelujah, then you will be able to understand the loving intent that Yahuwah has for you, that he had for you since the foundations of the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. Like I stated, the Torah is your DNA. It says, not just to be hearers of the word, but you be doers of the word. There it is. But be ye doers of the word, and not just hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Don't deceive yourself by hearing the word only, but do the word. Be the hearer of that. Hear and doer. The word shama comes to mind. To hear, to understand, and to obey. So with the shama, if you are unable to hear, then you are unable to understand it. And if you don't understand it, which is to stand under the authority of who said whatever it is that you heard, then you would not be able to obey. Very powerful there. For whosoever, or for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. In other words, for a person who hears the word and doesn't do it, it's like looking in the you know, looking in the mirror. He looks at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. The spiritual intent. Why did you look in the mirror? Verse 25. But whosoever looks into the perfect Torah of liberty. See, and Christians teach you there's no liberty in keeping Torah. It is the complete opposite because you be, you are becoming who you really are in his perfect will. But whosoever looks into the perfect Torah of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful here but a doer of the work, this man shall be broke in his deed. Listen to verse 26. If any man among you seems to be religious and bridles not his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. And we've seen a lot of vain religion being practiced. That's a very powerful verse there. Okay. On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about how Yahusha taught the intent behind the letter of the law. It's okay, and I'm just using the word law because a lot of people say it, but Yahusha was teaching more. He was teaching us more than the letter of Torah. He was showing us the spiritual intent of why we should keep it. Understand Brothers and sisters, in my closing, the why. Why are you keeping it? 
Ezekiel 36, for those of you who needs that verse, I will give you a new heart for my Torah, and I will write my Torah on it, and he will give us a new Ruach. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my Ruach in you, and it will move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my instructions. All right? If you look at it from another perspective, reading it from, a, um, from the King James Version, it says, and I will put my Ruach within you and cause you. The Hebrew word there is hasah. Hasah means to do or to make or to appoint. I will put my Ruach within you and appoint you. Hallelujah. I like that. And will accomplish you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. Did you read that? And I will put my Ruach within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments. And do them. On tomorrow's instruction, we'll read about what Paul had to say pertaining to the instructions and the teachings of Yahweh and how the renewed covenant through Yahusha HaMashiach, now that we have seen how he done it, isn't it more important that we should be able to keep his Torah more closely and protected within our hearts. That's what the Nazar is. That's what the Nazarenes are. They are protectors, guardians of his Torah. This is something that we must continue to teach and to believe on a daily basis. A lot of people, and I'm closing here, a lot of people ask, why are we talking about the, uh, you know, the Torah, the, the instructions, the Torah, Torah? Why are you speaking about that? Because these are fatherly instructions, teaching the children of Yahweh how to continue to walk in righteousness. You do not keep Torah to obtain righteousness. You obtain Torah because you have righteousness. You are keeping Torah not because you want salvation. You keep Torah because you already have salvation. That'll do it for me. This has been another Talk, Teach, and Testify instruction. If you would like to join us in our Zoom discussion, which will be in one hour and 12 minutes, please email me, okay, at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and I will send the Zoom link out to you. We will start at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time sharply. We're going to be right on time, okay? So that'll do it for me. Please, don't just keep the Shabbat. Understand why you are keeping the Shabbat, because you're waiting for the master of the Shabbat when it comes to Yahusha to bring us our shalom and to bring us 
into completeness. People don't understand what shalom means. It doesn't just mean peace. It means completeness. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to Talk, Teach, and Touch My Radio. I love you, my dear brothers and my sisters, my mishpaka, my family. I say unto you and say unto all, shalom and shabbat shalom.